welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. If you would please turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 1 Corinthians 11, and I just want to show you a couple scriptures here and then we'll receive communion, give the praise team a chance to get situated and join us. If you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, this is Paul by the Holy Spirit writing to the church at Corinth, but he's writing to all of us here too. And Paul said to the church, I received from the Lord, which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread and when he had given thanks, Jesus broke the bread and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. When he said my body is broken for you, he's saying this, if your body is ever attacked are broken, are hurting in any area, you can resist that and claim this. You can claim by his stripes, you were healed. You can say, Father, I'm going to go with what you said over and above what I'm feeling. And the Lord said, I'm doing this for you. How many think it'd be really a drag if the Lord's body was broken and ours stayed broken? That would be like, Lord, sorry. I mean, he went through this so we wouldn't have to go through this. And then it says, in the same manner also he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And that's what we're doing. We're we're doing this to remember what the Lord did for us because human beings have this tendency to forget. And the Lord said, this is one thing you do not want to forget. In this fallen world, where disease is all around, constantly trying to attach to people, you need to remember this so you have something to stand against that stuff with. No, you don't, sickness. No, you don't, disease. Jesus' body was broken so mine could be healed. And then he says, for as often as you eat this bread, as often, he didn't say how often we should do it, he just said as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Well, he hasn't come yet, so this should still be happening. Therefore, whosoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. See, that's different than examining your neighbor. That's different than examining the government. That's different. If we do Christianity right, you will not have time to examine others. (laughs) You'll be constantly examining yourself. Let a man examine himself and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Whoever eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, not discerning the Lord's body, many are weak and sick among you and many sleep or die young. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. That's one of the best scriptures in the entire Bible right there. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Lord, I missed it. I flaked out. Forgive me. And he will. But pretending and not, not, not acknowledging, that's when you get in trouble. The Lord will forgive anything. It's just people need to acknowledge that they've messed up at times and say, Lord, forgive me. Be honest. But when we're judged, we're chastened by the Lord that we not be condemned with the world. world then he talks some more things about walking in love. And so that's, that's New Testament scripture concerning what we're going to do right now. We want to remember. We want to slow down and we want to remember what the Lord did for us. Because there's going to be times in your life where things are going to come against you and try to challenge you and say, well, maybe it's the Lord's will that you're sick this time. Maybe he wants to teach you something. No, his body was broken for my body. And he didn't say this works for perfect people. He just says, if you'll believe and you'll rightly discern these truths, you will see that it will work for you too. There's no sickness, there's no disease that his broken body can't set you free from. But you got to discern that. You got to rightly discern that. And the Bible says there's healing in that. So 
Let's go ahead and have the ushers come forward this time. We'll pass out the elements at this time. We'll receive communion. And then we're going to show a little video in just a minute. Um, who would like to help over there? I guess they're just going to take it themselves. Okay. Let me serve you, brother. Go serve the people. There you go, Sean. Go serve the people. You taking them both? Okay. I'll get mine here. And don't forget Austin up there. Here's the how did it get up there? Magic. Thank you. You're ahead of me. Thank you, Lord. We'll wait till all the elements are passed out, and then we'll go ahead and eat and drink together as a family, so you don't have to just keep the elements in your hands right now until we're all ready to let you know when that is. Heavenly Father, we worship you, and we thank you. You have done way more for us, Father, than this world realizes. You have given us your only Son, and we thank you for that. Jesus, we thank you for everything you did for us. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Austin, would you mind adding a little piano to that too? I just feel like a little piano right now would be a good thing to hear. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, you shed your blood for us. You didn't do that for yourself. Thank you, Lord. Lord, your body was broken for us so ours could be healed. Heavenly Father, we worship you and we thank you for the greatest gift ever given. Your Son and our Lord. And as a family today, and even those watching online, we join together with thanksgiving and remembrance that you fixed the problem. You totally set us free and delivered us from everything that Satan and sin brought into this world. And so, Father, we thank you that as we celebrate what you did for us this morning, Things are going to change in people's bodies. Things are going to change in people's souls. Things are going to get better because you did not do this in vain. And we thank you, Lord, for giving us everything we needed to live above the storm, to live in victory, to walk free from guilt and shame because of your broken body and because of your shed blood. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. So as you're getting ready to eat, let's don't eat or drink yet, but I wanted to show you this clip we showed on Easter Sunday. So go ahead and you can roll that now. Thank you, sir. We're going to watch the video here and just keep in mind that by his stripes you were healed.
Lord Jesus, we worship you, we worship you, we worship you. So Lord, as we remember you today, we're expecting power to be released wherever it's needed. In hearts, in minds, in bodies, in families, Lord, we believe that what you did, you did for us. And because of what you did, we claim full redemption, full victory in your name. And so Father, as a church, we take the bread and we remember your body was broken for us and by your stripes, we were healed. Let's see church as a family. Lord, the cup of the New Testament ratified by your shed blood, we know this blood represents, this juice represents your blood and your blood represents total freedom for every human being on this planet. Sinner, righteous person, everyone, we thank you that through your blood, we are free from sin, guilt, the curse of the law, sickness, disease, hell, second death. We're free from it all because of your blood. And we thank you for it as a church family today. Let's drink church with these things in mind. Thank you, Lord. Stand up with me just for a second. Excuse me. And let's pray. Father, as we move forward in this service today, we're asking for heaven's words to come into our spirits and our minds. Build us up, Lord. Knock out doubt. Eliminate fear. Bring healing on the scene. Father, we know there is a cure and a victory for every person, no matter what they're going through. And we thank you for equipping us and making us stronger than ever. Those watching online, those here in the auditorium, we declare we're receiving your word today and it will change us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Just wave to somebody next to you and you can be seated. No, no high fives right now, just a wave. So as I walked into the auditorium this morning, I sensed a strong boldness come on me. So watch out, church. If you ever needed seatbelts, you might need them right now. If you fall on the floor, it's okay. All that falling down means is it's time to get up again. Amen. Turn with me to Acts 16. Everybody, I want everybody to listen today with your ears, your inner ears, your outer ears, even people in the back that are working. We know you're working, but I believe some of these words need to get into you as well. So listen up and get ready for some victory today. Um, Acts 16, Hunter, my grandson who works here at the church full time, wonderful employee, he um, asks me every week, you know, what's the title of the sermons? What, what do you want me to title Wednesday night? What do you want me to title Sunday morning? And, and I, I'll think about it and I'll give him a title. And he asked me what the title for last Wednesday was. And as I was searching my heart, because I didn't have my notes in front of me, and it was a day or two later, um, <clears throat> I got this title because this is what we talked about on Wednesday. And I thought, you know what? We need to talk about that on Sunday morning. So... The title that I gave him is Breakthroughs While Praising. How many know there comes a time things have to change? Faith turns to sight. Manifestations of what you've been believing for occur. Everybody can see and hear it and feel it. And the Lord revealed this to me because of many scriptures, we're going to go to one right here, that Breakthroughs don't happen just because we prayed. I don't want to ask for a show of hands, but how many of you would agree with that? <laughs> Have you ever prayed and not seen a breakthrough at the moment you prayed? Well, there's a truth here, and I want to get this. This is going to get in you before the day's over. Breakthroughs happen while you're praising the Lord. It may take a period of time. But if you're sincerely, wholeheartedly praising the Lord for something God said belongs to you in the Word, there is no scenario where that thing can't happen. 
I think we've underestimated the power of true praise and worship. That's why when we come to church, we have to go beyond singing songs. If you really want to see victory you, and you want to see the Avenger push back and walls crumble and cities won, so to speak, you got to find out what true praise is and make it a lifestyle. Life's too short to not praise God wholeheartedly every day. Some of the most impossible things have turned around, not while people were praying, but while they were praising God because God did hear their prayer before anything in the natural changed. They were praising the Lord and the miracle power of God came on the scene. This is amazing, guys. Look at Acts 16. Here's a perfect example. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this scripture because we did last Wednesday and you can go back and hear the archive. Paul and Silas were in the inner prison, the sewer part of the prison, for preaching the gospel. Some people, businessmen, got mad at him because they set a girl free from a demon spirit who was helping these guys with their businesses and all this stuff. So they're in jail for preaching the gospel and setting somebody free. How messed up is that? <laughs> but at midnight, so it's mid, literally midnight, they're in the innermost prison, their feet are fast in stocks. But actually, just back up to the 20, 24th verse. The jailer received such a charge to throw him in the prison, and he put Paul and Silas into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. And this is after they whipped them many times, blow after blow. So they're, they're in a very sorry, a very uncomfortable situation. But at midnight, Paul and Silas griped and complained, posted on Facebook all their woes. <laughs> Let everybody on Instagram know the trial they're going through. Well, there probably wouldn't be any more Paul and Silas after this chapter if that's what they did. Do you realize if you always do what you feel like doing, you're in trouble? I like to say this. What do you do in the midnight hour? What do you do in the midnight hour? Answer, what you don't feel like doing. What do you do in the midnight hour if you want to get out? Now, why was this written? Why is this in the Bible? Is it so we can have a nice history lesson? Or is it God showing us instructions to us what to do in the midnight hour? I woke up three days ago. We're, we're, Carl and I are listening to the Holy Ghost every day. <clears throat> and um, he's giving us instructions every day how to walk out of this thing with Isaac and see full recovery. You know, one of the things he told us, he said, get plenty of sleep and eat well. And don't let the hospital drain you. Amen. That's good. This is, this is, the devil wants to break people down. So we've been getting eight, nine hours sleep. Now a couple nights, it was one, or one hour or two because right after the first surgery or something. But other than that, we said, Lord, we're not going to let the hospital drain our energy. We're not going to let doctor's reports drain our energy, although some of their reports now are lining up with God's report. Um, we just refused to, to let it drain us. So we're getting plenty of sleep. But, but we've been look, looking to the Lord every day. He's given us certain things every day. And one of the things he told me three days ago is praise me and worship me continually for full recovery for your son. Why? Well, one reason, to keep your mind off of worry. <laughs> Amen? Because you can't be going down worry road and faith road at the same time. You know, some people say, why does God want us to worship him so much? Why does he, for your sake, for my sake, because when we worship him and praise him with all of our heart, we come up to a level of faith where he can lavish upon us legally everything he's been wanting to lavish upon us. And the devil hates praise and worship. So now I was reading Kenneth Hagin Jr.'s book, The Untapped Power of Praise. He says the total cure for depression is enter into worship and praise of God and don't stop until depression's gone. It'll just take care of it. Like nothing else. I mean, best medication ever is worship the Lord while you're feeling depressed because he's your joy, because of his faithfulness, because of bringing you out of depression. Do you realize when we're talking about praising the Lord, we're not talking about praising God for bad things that happen. That's ridiculous. We're talking about praising God in the midst of bad things because he's still our deliverer. He's still our healer. And he won't violate his word. He's faithful. If he said he'd do it, he'd do it. If he said he wants it, he wants it. The only way people don't see the glory and salvation of God is because they quit in the midst of a doubt, fear, rational, reasonable fight with the enemy and they give in to that junk. Do you realize that some of the thoughts that are going to come to you in the midst of a battle are 100% rational? But they're against the word of God. Yeah. 
They reason, they make sense in the natural realm. We were listening to a testimony recently of a late, uh, um, a, a man who had a stroke and um, the, the woman, the wife of the man was a total believer. She just said, I got on top of it immediately. I wasn't going to let fear in at all. We are in control of this situation. Not the devil, not a stroke, not a man, God. We, we are in control of this situation. And the, of course, they got the victory and the man's perfectly fine. Today went back to work in nine days and doing great. But she said the Lord gave her a scripture. And he said, this is a scripture you need to think about if you want your husband to get through this with full recovery. It has to do with you, mama, uh, you, wife. The Lord said, Romans 8, 6. She went to Romans 8, 6, and it said, to be carnally minded means death. What happens if you don't get your mind off the natural and you're in the midst of a faith fight? What happens if you're only thinking of the mindset of the world or the ways of the world or the thinking of the world, limited knowledge from men? What happens if you're carnally minded? God said it's death. How important is it to keep our mind on the things of God and the right things in that warfare? How important is it to keep your mind on victory? Scriptures. Well, it's life or death. Because the next verse says to be spiritually minded or word of God minded is life and peace. So life and peace is the result of what's going on up here. Right? Death is the result of what's going on up here. So what, where's the warfare? Not at devils, not at demons. Jesus defeated them. Yes, they're around. All they can do is throw thoughts your way and hope that you accept them. What do you do when rational, reasonable thoughts come to you? And a doctor who's had eight years of higher education and has done many things, and what do you do when they say something that's reasonable and logical but not in line with the promise of God? What do you do? You say, doctor, thank you for your skills and your wisdom. But that is not the final report. <clears throat> that is not the final report. And we've told the doctors up here, we believe the report of the Lord, which says, by his bruise, we were healed. God said in Jeremiah 30, 17, I will restore health unto you and heal you of your wounds, says the Lord. Now, this is not just record of a man saying something. This is God saying something. And I thought, Jeremiah 30, 17, you think, oh, that's, that's the Old Testament. Yeah. But well, you want to know what the New Testament says about the Old Testament? 2 Corinthians 1, you know what it says? All the promises of God are yes, and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us, not giving up on those promises. How many want to give God glory? Amen. Actually, I was walking the floor the other day in my room, praying about these things, praying and having tremendous times with the Lord. And <clears throat> I said, actually, I was in the office here. I dropped in the office for like half hour. And I said, Holy Spirit, you're my teacher. Teach me how to get quick manifestations of healings and miracles. I want to know for myself and I want to know for other people. I want quicker manifestations. I don't want it to take so long. He immediately gave me four things. And the very first thing he said, want your miracle and want your healing first and foremost for the glory of God. Even beyond what you want or somebody else wants. You want your miracle and you want a healing first and foremost for the glory of God. You're on the right track to seeing a quick manifestation. I was talking to the Lord yesterday about, I was saying, and the second thing he said was really interesting. He said, make yourself see this thing not taking long. Amen. And rebuke every thought that says it's going to take a long time, long time of recovery. Make yourself see this thing properly. And don't plan anything. Be very cautious about planning anything that says it's going to take a long time. Yeah, this is where the warfare comes in. Then the reason comes in thoughts and natural stuff. And I thought, the glory of God. If, if we want victory, first and foremost, for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified thereby, you're in a powerful stand. So I started praying, and I said, Lord, I said, not only is Isaac coming out of this with full recovery and not even the smell of smoke on him, 
But I said, there's going to be a lot of people in heaven because of this miracle. Your family's going to be bigger. More people are going to leave darkness and come to you, Father. You're going to have more children in your family. And I started thinking about the glory of God, what that can do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh-huh. It's happening. Well, <clears throat> here in Acts 16, they're in the midnight hour of their life. Their backs are bleeding. Infection can set in. They're in the sewer part of the prison for preaching the gospel. Their feet are fast in stocks, and they're probably planning on leaving them there till they die. But what happened, guys? <laughs> Verse 25, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises. I like the King James on this the best. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises, and the prisoners heard them. Let's look at that of the King James. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises. And the, the order here is they had already prayed. Now they're praising God. When, now, now look here. As they were praising God, the prisoners heard them. How many know it's not right to praise so other people can hear you? Right. But there are times we need to praise God and not care if they do. That's right. Amen. See, the, the, motive, the motive is what God's interested in. We're not praising to be seen. But when you're praising, at times you will be seen and heard. And there's times even in the hospital, we were in the cafeteria, I just lifted up my hands and praised the Lord. I said, Carla, is anybody behind me? She goes, yes. I said, I don't care. <laughs> we need to praise God like he's real. Because I have a newsflash for you. He's real. <laughs> Amen. And even when we were talking to some of the doctors, you know, I mean, we told them, I felt like we needed to tell them that we're believing God for full recovery. Carla, we decided we got to tell them we're believing God for full recovery here. Why? Because the report of the Lord is the report of the great physician. They need to know we've already been talking to another doctor about this. <laughs> Just like medicine. Like, let's say, let's say Isaac was taking all these vitamins or something before. We tell them so, so they could know how to treat him. You know, well, he's been taking a bunch of these vitamins or whatever. Well, we've been believing God big time. And one of the doctors, the surgeon, <clears throat> not the one that operated on Isaac, but, but the surgeon that was on call that, that day, um, he said, he said, thank you for telling us that. And now we know how to proceed. They looked at it as a, something we've been doing with another doctor already. And that was good. That's really good. He took that. Said, okay. Cause I had, you know, cause sometimes you think, you know, they'll, they'll go this way or, the, or, but if something else is going on, well, we'll go this way then. And it was really cool to see. And the Lord has to be real to you. You have to, in times of testing, in times, especially when you're around other people and professionals that maybe know a lot more than you in the natural, you can't just pretend like God's not there. And there's time. And, and again, you don't do this just to be, you know, brass or whatever, but there's times you're going to find out. The Holy Ghost will say, say something. And you have to say it. And everybody we've been working with so far is open, and that's a blessing. Big blessing. So it says, when they <clears throat> prayed and sang praises, the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, I like that word, don't you? <laughs> suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison wanted to commit suicide because he thought for sure his, his higher-ups were going to take, wipe him out because the prisoners escaped. And Paul said, do yourself no harm, which is a great word toward anybody who's thinking about ending their life. Do yourself no harm. You're valuable. You're worth a lot more than you feel. And the, make a long story short, the jailer got saved. Paul and Silas got released from jail. They went on preaching the gospel and they were totally set free. But here's the thing I want you to see. The answer came while they were praising the Lord, not while they were praying. We believe in prayer. You better pray. Got to pray. The Bible's full of teachings on prayer. But the Bible also says prayer without faith, you're not going to see much. Praising God after you prayed is the highest act of faith you could ever operate in. If the Holy Ghost tells you to do anything in addition to that, do it. If he doesn't, you probably don't need to do anything else other than praise the Lord. <clears throat> so say this. The answer came 
while they were praising the Lord. The breakthrough came while they were praising the Lord, not while they were praying. Do you realize, church, when you pray a good prayer, saying amen is not praise. Something else needs to happen after you say amen, and that is thank the Lord for what you prayed for when it looks like nothing changed. What's that called? That's called faith, and God honors that. He knows you feel like it's not working. He knows it seems like it's not working. He knows it may seem to have gotten worse. But if you're saying, praise you, Lord, for hearing my prayer and answering my prayers, hang in there, church, because God honors that. God honors that. He honors people who believe what he said. And praising God for a blessing that you don't see or feel yet is a high act of faith. The Bible says Abraham, before Isaac was born, before Sarah was pregnant, he's 100, she's 90. I mean, before that, the Bible says Abraham gave glory and praise to God. What does it say? It says Abraham grew strong in faith, giving glory and praise to God when still there was no baby or conception. He's praising God for the promise. He's not looking at his own body. He's not looking at Sarah's, the deadness of her womb. He's not looking at any of that. He's saying, Lord, I glorify you for your promises. You're able to perform what you said. Glory to God. I know I'm 100. I know she's 90. I know all that, but I thank you for our son. I thank you for our child. I thank you for our child. I thank. And after a period of time, Sarah gets pregnant. Unheard of. Yeah, God likes to... Break new barriers. <laughs> Look at Second Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles 20. I want you to get this in your heart. The answer came while they were praising the Lord. Everybody is going to come up upon an impossible situation in their life sooner or later. Um, I do believe we can decrease some of them by living in the perfect will of God. I do believe we can, we can decrease a lot of adversity by, you know, making sure we're following his plan for our life and not just our own plan? How many want to avoid unnecessary adversity? Anybody want to un- avoid unnecessary? I'm not saying everything's going to be great when you're in the will of God because things are going to still try to come against you, but anybody want to eliminate the unnecessary adversity? You ready for this? Let me, let me share this for you. Many people in life encounter tests and trials God never intended them to encounter because they're not following God's plan for their life. I will. I'll say it backwards. Because people are not following God's plan for their life, they encounter tests and trials the Lord never intended them to encounter. How many want to get rid of the unnecessary junk? Then let's be more attentive to what we know the Lord wants for us. Read your Bible. Can I tell you one of the most life-saving things I could say to you today? You probably won't understand this because of such limited short-sightedness. Let me tell you one of the greatest things I can say to you today. And I am serious as a pastor over, your, over this flock, responsible to the Lord for saying these things and making sure these things are available. One of the most life-saving things I could say to you today is read your chapter every day, Monday through Friday, with your church family. Amen. Kenneth Hagan Jr., Kenneth Hagan's son, Pastor Hagan and... Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, he said, I'm so glad when the evil day came to me and my son and my wife. I'm so glad I had a foundation of the word of God on the inside of me. We knew how to talk. We knew how to not worry. We knew how to praise God. We knew how to resist thoughts. We knew how to identify slick, slide lies of the devil. We knew how to win. So when their son was diagnosed with a brain tumor and the doctor says, we got to cut it out and he may not make it. He said, I went off and prayed and said, Father, I thank you that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You're giving us revelation and wisdom. To make a long story short, Craig is great today. Decades later, played football. I mean, in his high school, totally delivered, totally set free. But he said, we had to learn that praising God in the midst of the storm is one of the most powerful things you can do to get through the storm. They they drilled a hole in his head to do brain surgery on him. And there was a big hole there, no skull there. And they said, we got the tumor, but there's some lining of the tumor still in there. And so 
They're like, and Craig's like 13 or 14 years old. He wants to play in high school football. And they're like, whoa. So they said, we had to keep believing God after it. And so they just, the Lord said, I don't, I'm not, do not settle for second best here. Do not go halfway through this battle and stop and retreat. That is not what we do as believers. We are not of them that draw back. So he, they said Craig wanted to play football. So they're praying, they're believing God, and they're standing strong. They said, but before he could play football, I had to take his physical, I had to go get an x-ray. They went back after the surgery, found the bone had grown back, which the doctor says impossible. Amen. Absolutely impossible. And they saw, they did the CAT scan, and there was absolutely no lining of the tumor, completely gone. Amen. You know who Craig Hagen is. You've met Craig Hagen, I'm sure. You went to Rama completely healed. But he, they said, we had to realize we're praising God for victory here. We're not just going to be on the defense. Praise is an offensive weapon. If you want to get on the offense toward the problems and the enemies and the lies and the diseases, you need to start praising God like a soldier with a sword and say, praise the Lord. And I just want to say to everybody who's listening right now, young people, listen to this. Everybody think, well, praising the Lord. We're talking about praising the Lord. Oh, how sweet. We're talking about praising the Lord. Warriors did this when their strength ran out and they still saw a victory and their enemies were slaughtered. Amen. Kings and nobles and powerful men and women of God praised the Lord when it looked like they were going down and a supernatural power came on the scene beyond their swords and their glittering spears and their shields and the power of God came on the scene and they roared through the victory without a smell of smoke on them by the time it was over. We're talking about what people of God do. Warriors for God. Fighters, strong men and women, knights of the morning star. These are things we do every day. We don't back down to fear and we don't back down to the devil. Somebody find me, maybe Rachel, you can find me. I'm going to read something to you out of Job. It's about the horse, where God's talking about the horse in the last few chapters of Job. I got to read. When I read this, Keith Moore read this a long time ago, and I read it more and more since then. I felt like this is the, this needs to be the attitude of God's people. This needs to be the attitude of the people of the Lord. And I'll need a King James version. I don't want to read it out of the New King James. Anybody got a King James version? I can, or we can have them put up on the screen as soon as we find it. And if you put the word glittering spear or something like that, it'll... God starts talking to Job about the horse. What is it? It starts there? 3919? where God starts talking about the horse. If you can put that up on the screen in the King James. Oh, yeah. Okay, now, as we read this, church, I'll try not to cry. This is so powerful. This is so powerful. God's telling Job, Job, you think you know some things? Let me tell you some things about my creation. He talks about the sea, the ocean, the mountains. He says, have you given the horse strength? Have you clothed his neck with thunder? Can you make him afraid as a grasshopper? The glory of his nostrils is terrible. Think about the power here. He paws in the valley and rejoices in his strength. He goes on to meet the armed men. He mocks at fear and is not affrighted. Neither does he turn his back from the sword. The quiver rattles against him, the glittering spear and the shield. He swallows the ground with fierceness and rage. Neither believes he that it is the sound of the trumpet. He says among the trumpets, ha ha, war trumpets. And he smells the battle afar off, the thunder of the captains and the shouting. Isn't that awesome? When I read that one time, I actually put that on a poster and put it up in our family room. When I read that, I thought, Lord, if you gave this to the horse, what have you given to your sons and daughters? Mock at fear. Mock at fear. You better watch. Don't you play with or mess with fear for one second. The enemy, fear is unrational. You following me? It's unrational. I mean, when, when you're not in fear, I mean, you're not afraid of death or anything. It's like, what do I got to be afraid of here? Fear is unrational. You need to rebuke it immediately and not let it get a hold of you at all. It'll start making you afraid of little things. That when you're not in that state, you're like, what am I afraid of that for? Fear, fear puts you under the circumstances. Faith puts you above the circumstances. And some of the two of the most 
popular words of the devil is, what if this, what if that, what if this, what if that. Before he even gets what if out, he needs to be out of your presence. That's right. And you need to be on top of that. So turn to Second Chronicles now. Let's wrap this up. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Anybody remember a guy named Jehoshaphat? Um, look here, Second Chronicles 20, verse 2. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they have Hazem Tamar, and they, which is of Engedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judea. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. So basically, uh, armies are coming against Jehoshaphat and Judah that are 100 plus times bigger than his army. Many, many more than Jehoshaphat has. So he's pretty much... A little bit afraid here, but he said, I'm going to seek the Lord and see what's going on. Verse 12, see what he wants us to do. Now in verse 12, Jehoshaphat says, O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude. Ever feel like that? Um, <clears throat> I have to say this. There's going to be times things are going to come against you that you have no power over unless you're with the Lord and got scriptures. The, just because something looks impossible doesn't mean you can't get, get through it and overcome it. You just have to make sure you're going the Lord's way and, you know, using scriptures instead of just more intense knuckles or whatever. I, um, I was reading Psalm 18 recently out of the Passion Translation, and Psalm 18 is a psalm where God says, It's enough. That's enough. David said, Lord, you're the praiseworthy God. I worship you and I love you. You're pro. Oh, I love you, Jesus. And then he started saying, But. The cords of death started surrounding me and the enemy started coming against me and they were too strong for me. And it says the Lord got ticked off and said, that's enough. And it says he came down from heaven. Darkness was around him, a mystery darkness. Clouds were under his feet. Lightning and hail stones were coming from his presence. And he grabbed his David out of the waters and put him up to his heart, took him and put him in a large place and annihilated the enemy. There comes a time when you, while you're praising God yes. and the enemy thinks he's got you and it looks like there's no way out and the torment is more than you can handle, there comes a time if you will keep your mouth saying, thank you, Jesus, with all your heart, he will, he will say, that's enough. He will smat, he will splat the enemies against the wall for you. That's my son, that's my daughter. Didn't Jeremy and Sarah teach that when they were here a while back on Psalm 18 about the Lord coming down from heaven and I think we were on vacation or something, but great psalm. Absolutely amazing. And here, Jehoshaphat says, Lord, they're too strong for us. What do we do? Well, listen to what the Lord said to do when there's no way out. He said uh, in verse 15, he said, Listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord, this is the prophet speaking, don't be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude. Now, that's not just a comforting word. That's an order. Okay? For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them, for they will surely come up in the scent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeriel, and you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of your God your Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. He said it again, for tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord and worshiped the Lord. Then the Levites of the children, the Kohathites, and so on and so forth, stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with voices loud and high. Now go to verse 21. Anybody excited here? And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing unto the Lord. He got this direction from the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now, while, not before, 
Not while they're thinking about it. Not while their instruments are still tuning. When they began to sing into praise, at that very moment, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy each other. So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude and there were dead bodies everywhere and no one had escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. When did the victory happen? They had already prayed, but there was no victory. Praying is good. Praying sets you up for the next step. They had already prayed, but no victory. What's the Lord saying here? After you pray, you start praising me for the answer. When it still looks like nothing's changed. If you want to see a big move of the power of God, you have got to go beyond prayer into thank you, Lord. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus, for perfect deliverance. Lord, you didn't lie. You are faithful and true. You made the heavens. You made the earth. You made Mount Grand Mesa. You made the monument. You made the stars. You made the galaxies. You made man. You can fix man. And then start praising him like Psalm 136, I think it is. Just start praising him for all the things he's already done for you. Lord, thank you for delivering me from hell, sin and addictions. Thank you, Lord, for fixing my marriage. Thank you for healings of the past. Thank you for miracles in my children. Thank you for sparing us. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for lifting us up. Thank you for prosperity. Thank you for getting us out of debt. Thank you for helping us in all these areas. And then as you're praising God for what he has done, start thanking him for what he's about to do and said he already has given you in his word. And now Praising it for things that have already happened mixed with praising for things that are about to happen all becomes in the same circle. And things start happening. There was a a man who had tuberculosis in the days um, when there was no cure for tuberculosis in the early 1900s. And he had gotten to the point, and I think he was a minister of the gospel, had gotten to a point where he started hemorrhaging in his lungs and he was about to die. So they'd get him home. He couldn't turn over by himself. They turned him over with a sheet. And he was there laying in bed and he was looking out the window of the wife and, and, and someone else was out back doing the laundry in the backyard. And, and he looked out the window on his farm and he saw a tree and a clump of bushes, oh, maybe half a mile away or something like that. And he looked out the window, just barely could breathe and said, God, if you'll help me get to that clump of trees out there, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to pray and I'm either going to get healed or I'm going to die praying. And he got enough strength up. He got himself out to the tree, into the bushes out there. And as soon as he got there, flop, he just fell down like a chunk of wood, just couldn't move. And he said, he said, all right, I'm going to start praying now. I'm either going to get healed or I'm going to die praying because it's almost over anyway. And before he could say that, he remembered, now, wait a second. I have hundreds of people praying for me already. Powerful prayers. I've prayed myself many, many prayers. I've had other ministers into the gospel pray for me, for my healing. He said, now, if I just sit out here and pray till I die, I might die because if prayer would have fixed it, it would have been fixed by now. If prayer alone would have fixed this, I, I would have been healed by now. So he said, I'm going to change it up. He said, Lord, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to praise you for my healing. And I'm either going to get healed or I'm going to die praising you for my healing. And so he, he was like, he could barely talk. I praise you, praise you, praise you, Jesus. Praise praise you, Jesus. Praise you, praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, praise you, praise you. Praise you, Jesus. Listen closely. True story. Two and a half hours later, he's standing on his feet, praising God so loud they hear him two miles away. Completely healed. You can find that testimony in Kenneth Hagin's book, The Greater Glory. 
Think about that. Here's, here's where you lose most people. You ready? Two and a half hours later. When's the last time for 10 minutes straight without a cell phone, without kids bugging you? When's the last time you praised him with all your heart sincerely for 10 minutes in good health? Paul and Silas praised God. The prisoners heard them. Who knows how long they praised. They got a miracle in the most uncomfortable position ever. Backs bleeding, infection setting in, sewer part of the prison, feet fast in stocks, knowing they're probably going to die unless something happens here. And here we are. Beautiful building. Five-inch padded chairs. Lumbar support. Air conditioning. And we think, 30 minutes is a little long, Pastor. I've got other things I want to do. Because of the things God's doing behind the scenes right now, if you knew what He was doing behind the scenes on your behalf, you would praise Him all day long. And if you do, those things will be able to show up quicker. Praise hastens victory. One lady had asthma really, really, really bad in the same book, Greater Glory. Brother Hagin was saying a woman had asthma. She went all over the country to get healing evangelists who were known for miracles and healings in her midst, probably Catherine Kuhlman, probably Jack Coe, or William Branham, and all these others. She, he, she went everywhere. No results. Finally went to a Raymond T. Ritchie meeting. Raymond T. Ritchie. And Raymond T. Ritchie knew by the Spirit of God before he prayed for her, because she came in the prayer line, he said, you've been prayed for many times already, haven't you? And she goes, how'd you know? She says, the Spirit of God told me, word of knowledge. I knew that. And, and so he said, I'll tell you what, we're not going to pray for you. I mean, if prayer alone would have fixed you. You'd been fixed by now. You went to all these other meetings. These people are anointed of the Lord. You, you. So he said, I'm not going to pray for you. What you need to do is you need to start thanking God for your healing because by his stripes ye were healed. Start thanking God for your healing. Start praising God for your healing. Every time you think about the asthma, praise God for your healing. Go do your other business throughout the day, but every time you think about the asthma, praise God that by his stripes you were healed. She goes, well, I don't know if I can do that. He said, well, you, you need to do it because that's, this is, well, I don't know if it'll work. Well, it will work because the word of God will work for others, it'll work for you. Finally, he talked her into praising God for healing when she felt like the asthma was still there. She got caught up in praising God a day, two days turned into three days, three days turned into a week. He told, she told her husband, honey, I don't remember the last time I had an asthma attack. I've been praising God so much. He said, I do. It was 30 days ago. Where do you, where do you lose most people? Two and a half hours. 30 days. And I see she'd already gotten healing before that. She just remembered, I haven't had an asthma attack for a while. This was a severe case of asthma. And even doctors didn't have a cure for her at that time. And so she said, eight years later, perfectly fine. No asthma attacks, perfectly healed. What happened? Well, while she was praising the Lord, the enemy was defeated. The power of God manifested. And she was totally set free. <laughs> One more story I'll tell you. And I'll tell you this too. When I started doing these things a few days ago, we have seen more rapid improvement in Isaac since then. Glory to God. And you'll be hearing the full testimony very soon and shouting with us and praising with us. But there was another lady that had smallpox back in the day when they didn't have a, a cure for smallpox and people died of it. So she was quarantined in a room and they wouldn't want anybody to be here. And in the hospital, she was quarantined. And some people started hearing some weird sounds from her room because the Lord showed her a vision, a scale, the old fashioned scales where one, you know, they go like this. One part of the scale was like this with her prayers for healing. But the other part was her praise up here. And the Lord said, when your praise equals your prayers, you'll be healed. The healing will manifest. When your praise gets as heavy as the prayers you've already prayed, the manifestation will occur. So she started praising God out loud. People thought she went delirious. People, the people in the hospital thought she was a little crazy because she's, all these praises are coming from them. They're just singing. And sure enough, after a while, the Lord showed her, now the scales are balanced. Every smallpox immediately disappeared and she was totally healed. Wow, she was praising the Lord.
So I think we should stand up now and praise the Lord for five minutes straight and just tell him how much we love him. Thank him for his greatness. Thank him for his mercy. Oh, glory to God. The greatest cure known to mankind can be found in praising God. The greatest cure for mankind can be found in praising God. Church, right now, before, before you go any farther, please let me instruct you just a second here. Here's a really good pattern to follow. And I'm not saying I do this all the time. Let's just thank God for a minute or two for his greatness. Think about what he's created. Think about his creation, man. Think about his faithfulness. Think about how he can't lie. Think about his promises and the great price Jesus paid to set us free. And then start praising him for past victories. Let the Holy Ghost help you remember what he's already done for you. And get caught up in that for a couple minutes. And then start praising him for those things you haven't seen manifested yet, but you got the word of God on it. Oh, let's just worship the Lord for five minutes at least, church. Just five minutes. Father, we worship you. Oh, Father, we thank you. You are great and greatly to be praised. You created the heavens. You created the earth. You're greater than all. You created the sun, the stars, the planets. You created man. You created the animals. You created the mountains. And you're our Father. You created the earth that we're standing on right now. You created the air that we're breathing. Oh, Father, you created our minds and our souls and our brains and our bodies. Oh, Father, you are great, greatly to be praised. You are the great God of all the universe. There is no one like you. Father, we worship you. Father, we worship I'm going to turn my mic off for the next four minutes because I don't want you just to hear me. I want you to praise God from your heart and just pour your heart out to him right now and get ready for some manifested victories. Now, you need to expect good things are happening while you're praising the Lord. worship you. Oh, Father, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. The Lord is strong and mighty in battle. Lord reigns above all the earth. Father, we thank you for victory. We thank you for healing our bodies. We thank you for restoring our souls. We thank you for protecting our children. We thank you for delivering us from addictions and fears. Oh, Father, we thank you for breaking oppression to pieces. Glory to God. We thank you for tumors dissolving, cancer leaving, seizures stopping, mental oppression be no more. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for protection around the children. Father, we thank you for marriages being fixed by the power of God. Oh, Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for things getting fixed in your hearts and the minds and the bodies of your people. 
Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Jesus, we march forward. We march forward thanking you for deliverance. We thank you for opening doors no man can shut. Shutting doors no man can open. Father, we thank you for making an utter end of affliction. And affliction will not rise a second time. Oh, glory to God. Cancers dissolve. Sickness, get out. Bones, straighten up. Skin, be clear. Fear, get out of here. Thank you, Lord, for victory. Deliverance. You deliver us from all of our fears. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Now, now church, now church, let the high praises of God be in your mouth. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for quickening our mortal bodies. Thank you, Lord, for quickening our mortal bodies. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for quickening our mortal bodies. Thank you for the angels, Father. Thank you for their mighty and power. Thank you, Lord, for sending your word and healing us and delivering us from our destructions. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Lord, for miracles. 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 Glory to God. Praise you, Jesus. Somebody should praise the Lord right now. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory to God. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory, 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 glory. Father, we worship you. Can you give me a light back there? Do you have the Passion Translation? The TPT Translation? I think you do. Psalm 149 and verse 5 through 9 out of the Passion Translation. Do you have a, that back there, a green light, guys? Psalm 149, verses 5 through 9 out of the Passion Translation. We'll end with this. Friend, make this a lifestyle. I'm telling you, wholehearted, sincere praise will get you through anything that the devil or this world could ever conjure up and throw your way. Psalm 149, guys, in the Passion Translation, verse 5 through 9. Psalm 149, verses 5 through 9. God's godly lovers triumph in the glory of God and their joyful praises will rise even while others sleep. Keep going. God's high and holy praises fill their mouths for their shouted praise are their weapons of war. These, these warring weapons will bring vengeance on every opposing force and every resistant power to bind kings with chains and rulers with shackles. Praise-filled warriors will enforce the judgment doom decreed against their enemies. This is the glorious honor God gives to all his godly lovers. Hallelujah. Praise. Listen, church, as you're, as you're getting ready to go, listen, this is faith. Praising God for a promise that the devil says ain't going to happen. Praising God for a healing that the devil says ain't going to happen this time. The devil is a liar. He'll try to bring reason and thoughts and logic and all this stuff and natural reports only your way. You just quietly say, God, I worship you. Your word is true. You will not leave me stranded as I'm praising you for healing. You will not overlook such things. I'm your lover. I'm the loved one that you love. I'm your dear child. Things are working out. I praise you, Jesus. I'm telling you, the atmosphere will change. Problems get small. God gets big in that atmosphere. And all things are possible. You, you, you can praise yourself in some powerful places and some powerful miracles. I recommend 
read the book of Psalms, praise them. I, I, we were getting, we have 101 things God says about healing on a typed out sheet up at the hospital there. And we read those over Isaac, pray them over him. But the Lord told me three days ago, praise these scriptures over him. So I'm saying, praise God. You are the Lord that heals Isaac. Praise God, you're restoring health unto Isaac. Praise God, you're healing him of all his wounds. Praise the Lord, you're raising him up. Praise God. Praise scriptures over your life. Try that out. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 